This is the Horse Radio Network. I'm Stacy Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage episode. Coming up on today's show, I talk with Holly Winklejohn about the benefits and challenges of virtual riding lessons. And then I share three exercises that I do to both improve the center line and increase awareness of the horse's shoulders in steering. But before we move into that, I have Diney Swanson, Executive Director of the Western Dressage Association, here with me. And Diney, I would love to hear some numbers from the International World Show. <laughs> uh, there's lots of them. Yes, I there was on the I was on the awards. Uh, you know, I was in on watching the virtual awards ceremony. And did you say over a thousand rides, Judge? Yeah, we had one thousand one hundred and thirty six rides judged. With we we had to add a an additional judge towards the end. So it was a lot. Yes, and I thought it was an interesting fact that it looks like it's taking them about twice as long to actually judge a virtual ride versus yep. a live ride. That was an interesting fact for me. Yeah. They all go into it. You know, if you, if you haven't done it before, you go into it thinking, oh, this would be a piece of cake. And that's, it's, it's kind of a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounds like it. So yeah. Any other interesting facts from the world show or the, I'm sorry, I'm well, calling it the world show and it's actually was the international the international show. show. Um, we had a very good showing internationally. Uh, we had riders from the United Kingdom, Sweden, Italy, uh, Germany, Canada, and Australia. Mm. Uh, in addition to, gosh, I think it was like 40, uh, maybe 40 states, 40 mm -hmm. different states. That is great. That, that is really, I think the, like I've said before, I think the, the ability to show virtually is going to increase people's awareness of what they're capable of doing at home. But also the feedback you get from the judging is yeah. still so valuable. I um, had two people that had never shown in Western dressage before that I talked into showing in the international and mm -hmm. it was really fun to watch them go through the process. And one I coached, she's in California and I coached her virtually and she built her own arena and did the whole deal from scratch all the way up through. And the other one came and hauled in. She rides here uh, usually with my husband and takes raining lessons and uh -huh. had her do it. And it was so fun because both of them were like, after we got through it and got it, you know, filmed and turned in, they were like, I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's a, it's an awesome stepping off point. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I don't know. It, that's what we're hearing from everybody, it, but <clears throat> it's also not taking away from in-person shows, which yes. is a fear that a lot of people had mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, people just, they're just going to show online and that's not the case. It, it gets them excited about showing in general. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I will say that we are getting um, a lot of raining people mm -hmm. starting to do Western dressage because you know it helps them with their raining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think fun. you're I think you're right about the idea that it like people had that fear that people that competitors would just move online, but there's there's similar but they're different experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And I love 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 that there's that open time frame so that 
you can kind of work in doing an online show. Yeah. It's I got a different feeling of how you can work it into your your workflow different than the than the experience of packing everything up and driving to an event. And they both have their advantages and disadvantages. Exactly. (laughs) That is awesome. So now that you've got past the international show, what is coming up next? Oh gosh. Well, we're first, we have to finalize the international show and that means getting all the awards out, which is going to be a challenge because what we're doing has never been done before. Um, So people are going to have to be kind of patient with us while we, and a lot of the things that we do in Western dressage at WGAA, we have to figure it out as we're doing it. So, so the shipping and creation of all these jackets that everybody's going to be getting might take a little longer than anybody would hope, but. It's 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 exciting. There are a lot of award jackets going out. I was kind of doing the math when I was at the award ceremony, and when somebody clarified, so you're doing these for division champions, but you're also doing these for class champions, and you know, top ten too. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of awards right there. That that is a lot of awards, but one like if you win in nine classes and won something in all nine classes, that will all be on your jacket. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, it, it, I, you know, don't, we, never, we rarely <laughs> do things twice or, you know, it, it just, I don't know. We just keep creating new ways to do things. So yeah, exciting. <laughs> Hopefully I, this will work. Yeah. I'm and excited. Then, and yeah. now we're working, we're obviously working towards the world show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did want to give your listeners a little inside information that uh, everybody knows that Entries open August 1st, but you need to get your entries in soon, uh, you know, immediately after August 1st, uh, or at least that first week. Um, the trend is for horse shows all over the country is that they are growing exponentially. Almost all horse shows are bigger um, than they were the previous year. Mm. So knock on wood. Um knock on wood, knock on wood, that we don't have anything going on with COVID that will slow it down, but uh, we we could fill. We could you know, fill the fill and have a waiting list. That is a good reminder because coming from the reigning world, there is no such thing as filled. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So that is a good reminder that the show could be filled and not be able to enter, which again, in my world, doesn't doesn't happen. happen. So thank you for the reminder. And yeah, wow. Yeah, that's it's a little reality check. Um, in the dressage world, there's only only so many rides you can do in a day, mm-hmm. and so many arenas you have room for. So mm-hmm. we could have a waiting list. Um, but uh, everything is looking good. Good deal. as we move forward for the world show. That's I mean, that's awesome. So. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I think you mentioned that there were some announcements for the youth that you wanted to make sure kind of got. Yeah, out. Yeah, I just want to make sure that um, people know we, we've sent out a couple e-blasts about there is a $1,000 scholarship that uh, USCF is offering to high school seniors um, that can be found on their website. All of these Deadlines are coming up very soon. Um, also, the Dressage Foundation is 
offering a uh, a grant from Lynn Palm um, that is for individuals. Um, there, she has a couple of different grants. One's for groups putting on educational programs, and then there's another one for individuals that want to, you know, apply for a grant to receive training in Western mm-hmm. dressage, which is unbelievably generous of Lynn to do. And then um, also WDAA offers uh, the opportunity for kids to apply um, to be the USCF, the nominee for the USCF Youth Sportsman Award. And everybody who applies will get a free membership mm. um, for next year. And then they have the opportunity, if they become our nominee, then they have the opportunity to go on and compete for a $1,000 scholarship from USCF um, and their overall youth award. So lots of money to be given away. And then I also have a an announcement coming up for youth at the world show. Mm. That's very exciting, but I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> okay. So for all the things that we are allowed to look at for the youth and these grants, um, yeah. where would people find that information? Um, in their most recent WDAA email blasts or the dressage foundation. Okay. Or USCF. Okay. Uh, under youth grants and scholarships. Good deal. That is a lot of opportunity for. Yeah. And yeah, I know that the Lynn Palm stuff, the foundation work that she did and some of the different grants that are, that go beyond the youth are really generous. And I think they're going to really help, you know, just increase the awareness of the sport, which is growing leaps and bounds, by the way. Like I keep getting more um, local notices on like, oh, here's a Western dressage show that's AQHA approved. And You know, yep. multiple, I've got right now, I've got the same weekend within a, about a four hour drive of me. I've got the chance to go to three different shows that are all WDAA, AQHA approved. That's wow. amazing. To wow. Me. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's exciting and it's, it's an exciting time and people are thankful and um, just, it's just a really great group of people. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me and I look forward to having you on the next podcast. Thanks for having me. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. 
Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Holly Winklejohn is a Jane Savoy certified dressage instructor who's been teaching for over 25 years. She's located in Florida and teaches students ranging in ability from intro through fourth level. She's passionate about all types of dressage, but particularly enjoys Western dressage. Thanks for joining me today, Holly. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because in the Western Dressage Facebook group that we're both in, last week someone posted about having trouble finding a Western Dressage instructor near them. And by the time I found the post, there were several comments on there already from people suggesting virtual lessons. Then your name started coming up. A bunch of different people mentioned that. And that made me think this would be the perfect time to talk about virtual lessons and the pros and cons, or maybe the benefits and the challenges of virtual lessons. So that is what I would love to talk to you about today. So, All right, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like when, when you, when somebody first brings this up to you, like if you tell somebody you give virtual lessons, are they usually like on board right away or how do they react to it when you suggest virtual lessons? You know, it's, it's funny. You should ask that whenever I tell someone, you know, we could always do this virtually if I can't get to them in person or, you know, if timing is awkward or something like that, the first reaction I get is ugh, virtual. And, you know, people are, after 2020, people are sick to death of being in Zoom meetings. They're, they're just tired of talking to their boss online. And I get it. But um, once I actually give virtual lessons a try, it's a completely different experience because they're not in front of a computer. I am. And they're on the back of their horse enjoying the outdoors. And with, you know, with earbuds or another phone, I'm in their ear. So they probably actually can hear me a little bit better than they could if I were in person. And they're able to run through the exercises and I can see them, you know, through the camera lens without, but it doesn't change the experience much for them with the exception of the fact that my face isn't there in front of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess maybe I'll even jump back one step further. Like why would somebody maybe even give it a try? Like why would somebody, you know, do virtual lessons? Well, what got me interested in doing them to start off with is that I am in Florida and we have a lot of uh, snowbirds down here, people who come down here for the winter season Mm -hmm. and then go back up north. And over time, I've met several really lovely people that have taken lessons with me over the winter and then returned home or the summer and, you know, and then come back next winter. And I, you know, we're making good progress. Everything's going just swimmingly. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And, you know, I hate the thought of losing touch with a, a client. So the idea of virtual lessons kind of piqued my interest there because they, they had left the area that I was in. But once I got into doing virtual lessons and I started offering that to other people, I found out, you know, just things that would make sense um, that I just hadn't considered. Like if you have your horse at your house and you're unable to uh, trailer out to an instructor or can't get an instructor to come to you, then a virtual lesson is a, an easy way to spend that quality time with your horse in the backyard, yet still getting a, a lesson. Um, other, the other thing that I keep seeing is like, um, because I am so passionate about Western dressage, you may find it odd that Florida is a big hub of Western dressage, but it is. We've got a lot of, um, lot of shows, a lot of talented judges and trainers down here. 
And in a lot of areas of the country, people are curious about it, but they can't, um, they don't have an, an instructor in their area, so they have questions. So in that case, a virtual lesson suits them because maybe there's no one in their area that does know anything about Western dressage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I think that's the that's the need that I've seen a lot is that people feel like they live somewhere like out in the middle of nowhere and they can't, you know, find an instructor nearby. And then especially when you go to Western dressage in certain areas and it's not as big. So that brings up another subject that I think, you know, could could be um, the benefit or the challenge. It sounds like you're giving live virtual lessons. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So what is the technology like for that? Because I'm the first thing I'm imagining is I live in like practically no cell phone land. Um, <laughs> I've got I live in the middle of hills, so I don't have great cell service or Internet. So let's talk about the couple different options. So what is it that you do with your students with the live? Well, as it's worked out, and I didn't necessarily intend it to be this way, but everyone that I teach uses a PIVO. And that's the PIVO camera system that um, so many people bought, I don't know if during the pandemic or just because they're newer systems, but it's a very affordable system that you can buy for under a couple hundred bucks for the Primo package. And with the PIVO system and the PIVO Meet app, you have to have the PIVO app and the PIVO Meet app. All you have to do is send the instructor a link. I click on the link. It pops up on my website and I can in real time zoom in, zoom out, uh, rotate the camera left, right, all the way around, depending on how good your cell phone data uh, connection is. And uh, that would be, that's how all of mine operate. There are other ways to do it. You can do so with a, if you've got a friend with an iPad and um, you can do um, FaceTime, and but you have to have someone there in person holding on to it. That's why most of my people end up using the PIVO is because it, you can do it without the help of someone else. So if, if we're going to talk about what the troubles are with that, you do need a good data connection on your phone. If you don't, there's a bit of a lag time between, it's, it's kind of like an old-timey cell phone, uh, excuse me, not cell phone, an old-timey long-distance call where you know you get that little bit of delay mm-hmm. that's what you see if you don't have a really good connection mm-hmm. so if you've got a good connection you're good to go interesting yeah now that's that's something I'm, I'm learning something right now too because i i had looked into some of the equipment for that back when it was thousands of dollars to get started so i didn't realize the price had come down that much yeah and and then I'm thinking about it here and and I do some virtual lessons inside of some of the programs I do and I do them two ways. I either actually use Zoom and have them it's a lot like using FaceTime. And I sometimes somebody's got an actual person holding it, but I can actually do a lot with it on a tripod because they've got their earbuds in and I can be like, "Okay, you just rode a little bit further out of range. Okay, go back over here." And it, it, it works, um, even though I can't, you know, pivot their camera. But now I'm, now I'm really curious about looking into your system. So the people that I do, but then the other way that I do it is, um, is I actually just have them pre-record something and then we review it together on yeah. Zoom. And so that's got different, you know, obviously it's got pros and cons. It's, it's not the same as live but it's got a different pro to it because you can both discuss it and they almost get like an out of body experience because they were the person doing it and now they're watching themselves do it. 
Exactly. Yeah. I've done that. I've done those a little bit where you're, where you're doing the videos and, and that's wonderful because you can go back over time and, and look back again and see how you did before. And, you know, you can point out, no, I promise you, you were leaning forward <laughs> when you <it> doesn't feel <laughs> like you're leaning forward. Um, you know, you can see it on camera, but yeah, the, the PIVO systems, I was really quite impressed when I started using them because you can, uh, from the instructor perspective, I don't even have to have the system. I happen to have one, but I don't have to have one. Um, they can just send me a link. And as long as I've got a laptop, then I can pull it up and there they are on my screen and I can take control of the camera and move the camera around however I would like. Wow. I did not know that. So yep. so are, are you able to or are they able to record that session also? I haven't figured out how to do that yet. And I'm sure there's a way. But, um, well, I'm a writing instructor, not a tech guru, so <laughs> I will get there one day. Now, that is actually, that is the response I usually get when <laughs> I suggest something virtual with people because I teach virtual programs and all these different things. And when I say that, I, I keep teasing that I really need my marketing to say horse training and technology training because a lot of people are just flat intimidated with the technology and, you know, at the end of the day, everyone who commits to doing it has figured it out. You know, usually yeah. on usually what I see is people like trying to make it perfect instead of trying to make it functional. And and once they accept like functional is perfectly great, <laughs> then yeah. all of a sudden we make big leaps. Yeah, I will say people who have given it. It, you know, it's a matter of downloading an app or, or two apps in Pivo's case. You have to download the original Pivo app and then the Pivo Meet app. But it's pretty straightforward. You know, you, you send a link and, and that's, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. So even people who are um, not so technologically advanced, uh, myself proudly in that group, um, can use it rather easily. Now, it's interesting, you'd mentioned, you know, if, if people are even like at home and they want to take that lesson at home, I'm never quite sure whether to put this in the pro or the con side of it, because I look at it and it's like, I've done, I've personally taken some virtual lessons. And when I've done that, it's like the pro of it is I'm at home and I record and then I'm sitting there watching it with my instructor. The con is also that I didn't go to the instructor. Like there is something about the experience. So it's kind of like I'm torn. It's like 50-50. There are benefits to riding at home where I could actually see my own habits at home that are actually a little bit different, interestingly, than my habits at my instructors. Are you noticing any differences between maybe what you would see in that person that you were, say, instructing while they were doing their snowbird thing versus when like you're seeing them at home do you see differences in the way that they're riding at home well there's always that little bit of the intimidation factor of there's someone watching me you know i think there's always whenever you get an instructor in the loop people tend to uh until they're comfortable with the instructor that is tighten up a little bit and uh you know ride a little bit differently as just because you know that that eye is on you so i don't see a major difference between uh, using the camera versus being there in person in that regard. Um, the nice thing about them having it in their house is that, you know, like when I have people haul into my barn for lessons, which I do regularly, there's always the, well, you're in a new location. The neighbor has a pig. We're going to spook at the goat, you know? And mm -hmm. So we have to, to deal with that versus 
at home, you can get a little bit more concentrated training. It doesn't have the benefit of that desensitizing that you get when you haul them out places, but at the same time, it doesn't take nearly as much time. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, I think that's one of the major benefits is that at the end of the day, that that drive time or whatever that is. And then I like the point that you just brought up. I think it's interesting to have that baseline knowledge at home without the distractions of, you know, the neighbors, you know, whatever's going on there, the pig, the goat, the, the coming, the going. And then again, that goes back into that pros and cons list of like, that's one of the benefits of doing a lot of hauling is that your horse gets exposed. But I do like the idea that you get a, a solid baseline at home to know what's what you're capable of in a controlled environment, if we want to look at it like that before right. you, and then as you stretch, then at least you've got that baseline of like, Hey, I know this was working in the controlled environment. How can I now replicate that in that newer environment? Well, and I think as you've done virtual shows, you know, from filming those that, you know, trying to get the perfect thing at home is dang near impossible anyway. <laughs> There's, there's maybe not a truer statement on the planet. <laughs> like, uh, like having just come off like doing the international, it's it's been fascinating to do the study of, um, of of what the expectation is that you could do at home and trying to go out there and do it. And what one thing I've definitely noticed as a trend doing virtual shows is the the idea in the beginning was, oh, we could record this a lot of times and get it better. My last one was like. Yep, we're done. Like there's there's there, there's one to submit. There it is. Like <laughs> yeah. Did I not break gate? Good enough, send yeah. it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think at the end of the day, the 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 reason when I because I suggest virtual shows to people also, and when there's a little bit of resistance, it's always an interesting experience the first time that they come and they try to and they film it. And then about the third take, they're like, oh. And that's when I said, you know, I think the beautiful thing here is that people who don't realize how this works, that you get to learn that without having to pay for like seven or eight different rides. You can actually just do as many as you want at home to come to the realization that you are at whatever level you are at today. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) Too funny. Well, is there anything else you'd like to, to tell people who are, sitting out there and they're thinking, I don't know, virtual lesson. I'm not sure about this. Like any other thing you'd like to to leave in their mind as a thought, why they should give this a try at least once? Sure. I mean, it's, as you know, by going to clinics and seeing different people, it's, you know, it's good to get a different opinion sometimes. Sometimes just getting a different, uh, you know, a virtual opinion from a, a different instructor is a great way to go. But um, so that's, just if you just wanted to give it a try once, but it's not nearly as hard as you would imagine. And you really just have to go out and give it a a try. And if you can locate someone with a Pivo camera or get one yourself, they're very simple for the instructor to use as well. So, um, but yeah, it it is easier than I would have imagined. Once you get past, there's, there's certain little tricks you need to know, like having the right um, ear ear putt, buds, excuse me. And, um, you know, and having a good data connection, but once you get that settled in, it is just like you've got an instructor there in the arena. So it's, it's very, very helpful. Yes. Well said the technology piece, you can, you can do it. You can do it if you really want to do it. And I think it's 
super worth it and I'm going to take advantage of it more. So thank you for joining me today. I, I really hope this pushes a few people over the edge into giving it a try at least one time. And I know you've been teaching for a, a long time. You're teaching all over the United States with this virtual stuff. So if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, probably the easiest way to reach me is to find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is unique enough that there there's only one of me out there. So if they, <laughs> if they if they search for me on Facebook, Holly Winklejohn, I will come up. I do have a page out there that is called uh, Virtual English and Western Dressage Lessons with Holly. Um, you're welcome to like that page, contact me through that page as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I, with the name Winkle John, there's, there aren't many of us, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'll make sure that we put links to your Facebook page as well as your email in the show notes so that anyone who wants to find them can find them. And I really do suggest that everybody, just like I think everyone should try at least one virtual show once, I think everyone should give a virtual riding lesson a try because like like Holly said, it's a great way to get another perspective and learn something. And that's what it's all about. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. In this segment, I wanted to give you some tips for training at home. A listener wrote in and asked if I could talk about riding center lines. They had signed up and shown in the Western Dressage International show, and they were curious how to improve center lines. And what was interesting is my first response, I think most of us have heard a version of this before, is ride more of them. But when I got thinking of it, that's not always the most helpful advice because it's kind of general. It's absolutely true. Ride more center lines because you'll get better at them by that volume being a piece of it. But how do I specifically make my center lines better and what do I encourage my students to do? What I actually do is I get people to slow down and look at what's going on here. So you're actually coming off from a bend and then changing to straight. So when I think about it like that, I think, okay, here's the challenge for me. Here's the challenge for my horse is that I'm coming off from a bend or a turn. So I'm imagining coming down the side of the arena and turning to the right in the corner and then turning to the right to come off onto the center line. And so I've just made a couple bending turns and now I'm going to go straight. And to me, the the first thing people need to be aware of is that that balance shift from a straight line to a bend is something to be very aware of. Because as the rider, if you're not aware of it, you might be the one throwing your horse off balance. But if you are aware of it, you can do a better job preparing ahead of time. And then here's a big tip learning how to drive your semi. Because I think a lot of times when I watch riders overshoot or undershoot or have trouble on the center line, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is that that the rider needs to practice how to steer this big, long semi truck of a horse that they're riding. And I think this comes from the fact that we are 
upright and very easy to turn our bodies like left and right. We kind of pivot naturally when we turn where these horses are long on their four legs. And so we just have to practice. I think that's where the volume of practice comes in, even if it's unspoken, is that if you just keep trying to ride it, basically what you do is you learn to drive your semi-truck better. Now, I want to think of it a little bit more specifically than that. So for me, what I teach and what I do is whenever I notice that something's getting wobbly down there in that transition is I go down there and I jog a 10 meter circle down in that corner. And what jogging that 10 meter circle in the corner does is it makes me slow my thinking down and it gives me a minute to think about my horse's experience and it gives my horse a chance to give me some feedback because if I'm jogging that 10 meter circle and they're kind of throwing their body around, like anticipating going down the center line or anticipating going, you know, on the wall and following and going straight here or there. That's how the horse gets a chance to give me feedback. So I just go jog that 10 meter circle. So let's say that I jog three or four 10 meter circles and the horse is like, okay, here we are. We're in this. Then I just start to morph that into, depending on the horse's level of training. So let's just for fun, say it's a little bit higher level horse. Well, now when I take that little bit higher level horse and go to go down center line, I'm not making a turn that's that 10 meter angle. I'm actually maybe going a little bit deeper into those corners. So on this 10 meter circle that I'm doing ridden in any of these corners, then what I'm doing on that 10 meter circle that I'm riding in that corner, now I start saying, okay, 10 meter circle, but I'm actually going to ride deep into the actual corner of the arena and deep into the corner that's kind of this imaginary corner that makes up center line. And then I'm going to actually go back onto the 10 meter circle on that other side. So I'm actually riding this like half a 10 meter circle on one side and two corners on the other side. And what that does is instead of me having to go like all the way down the arena and all the way back to be able to find my way to a corner, it gets me practicing corners much quicker, but in a super focused way. So now I know this half 10 meter circle is happening and these two corners are happening. And for me, that again, quiets my mind down, lets me think about doing this repetitively three, four, five, six times and feeling the questions that my horse might have about what we're doing here. Typically what happens in that particular exercise for me is I start to learn how deep I can take my horse into the corner without them losing balance. So if I picture myself on one of my horses that can do like third or fourth level, I can take those horses deeper into that corner, but there is still a spot where I feel their loss of balance. I feel a little loss of rhythm. And that's when I know that I'm now at that wobbly spot and I don't want to show that wobbly spot. I don't want to do that wobbly spot on my tests. So I know they're not quite ready for that spot. So I'll back off and not go quite as deep. Now on my younger horse, that's going to happen a lot quicker. So I'm not going to get him very deep into that corner before I feel that wobble. So again, this is a way for your horse to give you feedback on how they're experiencing it, because just that repetition over and over again, I can find that sweet spot. And I'm just riding this little funky little pattern, two corners and a half 10 meter circle, two corners and a half 10 meter circle. Then what I do is then I start to 
take this and actually go down the center line. So I do the two corners and now I actually go down the center line. Now, this is interesting. Here's how these two exercises bridge together. These two exercises for me bridge together because the horse, once we've done a bunch of this two corners and a 10 meter circle, I was telling you I was doing this all to the right in my imaginary mind as I sit here riding this over and over again. So what happens to me is I'm going to go into that corner, turn right, imaginary corner that takes me down center line, turn right. Now I'm going to go straight. But guess what? My horse is going to be thinking about going right because I've just done that exercise over and over again. So now my horse has a little bit of bend to the right and I want to go straight. This is maybe my biggest tip for learning to ride center lines with your horse is actually the same thing you just practiced and learned in those two corners. I want you to take it on the center line and experiment with it. And here's what it is. When you were riding deep into that corner to the, the that right-hand corner and then that right turn onto center line, the way you were able to be bending your horse to the right but not having the horse fall in is that you were using some aids to keep that horse out to the left. And I'm going to say that one of the aids you were doing was you were bending the horse with the inside rein a little bit and you were leading the horse a little bit, helping that horse, directing that horse's shoulder a little bit with your left hand. So when I'm riding and I've got my horse between my reins, there's this kind of back and forth. So as I'm riding those corners, I'm playing around with the idea of what are all these four aids doing? Like, how's my inside leg working here? How's my outside leg working here? How's my inside hand working here? How's my outside hand working here? And so when I'm especially riding that younger horse of mine that needs more help on the center line, I know that I'm helping develop that inside bend with the that inside rein and that inside leg and that I'm regulating at the the direction and the speed and how much bend and I'm kind of catching that energy with that outside rein. And so when I go onto the center line, what I do, I ride onto the center line and I then envision that my legs are like rails. And so my legs are kind of directing that horse's energy to go down the center line. But I like to keep a little bit of that right bend and lead that horse down the center line with just a little bit of that bend to the right. Because what this does for my horses and the students that I teach is now what we're doing is we're doing something where we're going to say, horse, I want you to ever so slightly be bent to the right, but I want you to travel in a straight line with your body. And what this does is it does a couple things. For the rider, it proves that you know how to give and take and develop a little bit of bend, but also separately communicate with the shoulders. Because if you don't know how to do that, then when you bend the horse to the right, the horse automatically goes to the right. And what happens on the straight line, and this is what I see a lot of times, is you get this real wobbly straight line. And I'll tell you how and why I fix that in a minute. But the other thing that this does, if you if you practice coming down the center line and riding with a little bit of bend to the right or left, whichever way, but like right now in this example, a little bit, tiny bit of bend to the right, but you t- are able to steer that horse's shoulder straight while having that little bit of right bend. What you discover is if your horse understands the idea that you can steer that shoulder 
with that little bit of different bend. So much later on, you're going to see places where the horse needs to be able to to counter bend and do some different things. You're going to see, you know, counter canter. You're going to see all these different ideas of being able to move the horse's body around that, that appear in the higher levels. To me, one of the first appearances of this is that if the rider understands how to have a slight bit of bend and maintain that bend while taking that horse straight, what it shows me is that the rider knows how to send their aids and their energy straight down the center line. And the reason I think this is so helpful for the riders to envision it this way, but also for the horses, what I often see is riders that turn onto center line and they think go straight horse, but in reality, they kind of open their aids a little bit and hope the horse goes straight instead of sending the horse straight. And then what I see reflected in the horse is I see a horse that Maybe they even begin straight, but then the horse starts drifting, let's say, to the right. And so then the rider closes some aids to the right, or maybe they pull on the left rein or something, and the horse goes a little bit to the left. And then the rider goes, no, it's supposed to be straight. So they close their aids to the left, and it sends the horse to the right. And so the wobble is actually created because the rider isn't sending that horse between the aids and straight down the center line. And the fastest way... I have found to be able to communicate this to the rider is to say, maintain just a tiny bit of bend one direction while you go down through there. Because if you just take this as a little puzzle piece and you figure out how to maintain a little bit of bend to the right and go in a straight line, you will be far ahead because what you'll have to figure out how to do is you'll have to figure out how to give and take enough to tell the horse that the bend is correct, but also enough to direct the horse's shoulders down through. And then, of course, if you practice all of this to the right with a little bit of right bend is now you need to go ahead and do that to the left with a little bit of left bend. And once you've conquered being able to ride the center line with a little bit of bend and still send the horse's body straight, then you will magically be able to ride the center line, actually keeping the horse straight. So to me, I just want to remind you that that transition from bend to straight and from straight to bend is a place where the horse can lose balance. And so I like doing the exercises where there's quite a bit of like the exercise where I'm riding the two corners and then the half 10 meter circle, because there's a lot of the bend that's being involved in there. And that one's going to be able to show you some of the things that you can learn in that bend, because then you'll feel the difference in your horse when you go from that bend and you actually send them down that longer straight line. And of course, keep in mind, there are lots of other great places written into the tests to be able to practice this. I'm envisioning the intro test where you ride down the wall and then ride a twenty half 20 meter circle to the right and then back onto the wall. And even inside of there, you could make tiny little modifications where instead of coming perfectly back to the wall, maybe you come back and you keep yourself three or four feet off the wall so that you can practice what riding that little corner from almost a 20 meter circle onto that straight line you can practice riding what that little bit of an angle change would be because again, it's another place where you can practice keeping that horse, that little bit of bend, but being able to change the direction 
of the shoulder. I hope this tip has been helpful. And if you have anything that you want to hear covered on the podcast, go ahead and either join the Western Dressage Facebook group or shoot an email or send it in by leaving a comment over on the show notes of this episode. Well, Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Thanks again to Diney Swanson and Holly Winklejohn for joining me on today's show. If you're interested in hearing more from me, I have a podcast. You can search it on your podcast player. Look for Train Your Own Horse with Stacey Westfall. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Mm-hmm.